0: welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory if you will to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the land where this conversation takes place and I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today I'm chatting to Telina Menzies, Selena came to my attention through her Instagram stories and posts. She posts photos and stories about food and the great people who surround her and her two French bulldogs. You can tell from her posts that she loves what she does and has a heart for the hospitality industry and the mental health of those who work within it. You can also tell from her posts that she's a down-to-earth, no-nonsense person. And when I got in touch to ask whether she'd like to be part of a conversation with a chef and we had a chat over the phone, I immediately felt like I'd made a new friend. Then I started reading more about Talina, and she really just gets more and more impressive. For a start, she's won multiple awards for her cooking, including Chef of the Year, Apprentice of the Year, and Nestle Golden Chef's Hat. She's Executive Chef for the Australian Venue Company Group, and oversees 30 venues across Australia. She's an ambassador for Fonterra's Proud to be a Chef program, and is currently overseeing Meals for HOSPO, an initiative that sees hundreds of meals delivered to hospitality staff every week. While she's proud of these achievements, and rightly so, what drives her now is mentoring the next generation, inspiring them and ensuring that the industry is in good hands. I feel really lucky to get to talk to people like Talena, and I know that you'll love this chat as much as I enjoyed having it. Lovely Hi. to meet you Seeing the, the huge production out there Thank you for taking the time That's okay That's okay I okay. mean um, I feel like you sent me your bio And I have a read it uh, But I still have lots of questions It just seems to me like you Are so busy And have got so many things that you do And I know we talked about Do you think about food 24-7 But I feel like do you even sleep Because <laughs> yeah
1: I do And I actually dream about food And then sometimes I wake up at 2 in the morning Thinking about Oh I've got this great idea for something And then I find out hunt to get back to sleep <laughs>
0: Because you're an executive chef, and I think for some people um, that might mean you know that they just look over two or three restaurants, but you uh, can you thirty yeah I think, yeah <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I can't even really get my head around that. So can you like just maybe explain what that means to be an executive chef over thirty venues? Yeah,
1: I still tr- find it hard to figure it out. Some days so <laughs> I get a bit spinning circles, but I. Oversee, so I oversee and support our head chefs. So I'm basically there for support. So, um, you know, hire the right people, support them to mentor their teams, make sure the food is the good quality, um, help them with their financials, um, and sort of yeah, give them the support. Make sure they've got the right tools. Make sure the culture's right in the kitchen is a big one for me. Um, and yeah, just you know, working alongside them, making sure that we're all doing what we need to do.
0: Yeah, so that's the Australian venue company.
1: Yeah, so I do 17, I think, in Melbourne. It's hard to keep track because I take on new ones all the time. So 17 in Melbourne. We've got five out in regional New South Wales and regional Victoria with another one coming on board soon, which is super exciting. Um, We even had a new one in the snow, but unfortunately, snow season was a bit of a fizzer. Um, And then we've got WA. We've got nine and building a brand-new hotel over there. we are renovating a brand-new hotel over there as well, which is really exciting. I come from Perth, so I do i am fond of the town can't go back in there unfortunately but looking forward to getting back in there um and yeah that's about it i do a lot of the pop-up activations and sort of help with a
0: lot of that sort of stuff so as well do you feel do you feel stretched doing all that or is it just really invigorating
1: i love chaos so i even during COVID, i'm always looking for things to sink my teeth into whether it be the meal program that we're doing or i love to be busy i love you know the fast pace. I've lived in London. I have moved to Melbourne from Perth to be in that sort of hustle and bustle. So I, I am a bit addicted to the madness. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, look, I've actually have, with our structure, I've got senior head chefs, so I've got a lot of support, a lot of great staff. So it's all about delegation, which
0: took me a long time to learn. But the more I've learned that, the better my life has got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the meals. So that's meals for Hospo, and um, yeah. So how did that come about?
1: Well, uh, the the first may big lockdown, which we were, you know, in in March when we sort of locked doors, um, and we had the major, f- we we sort of were moving stock, and we thought, oh, we'll cook for all the staff, you know, it's a bit unprecedented times, and we don't really know what's going on, and then we had the the major lockdown, so the big four month one that everyone remembers. I, I actually got goosebumps right now, even just saying that, yeah. um so i one of our staff was actually cooking at the time out of his grant he he's over in wa now jump chip um he was sort of cooking for some of his mates and stuff out of his house and then i was sitting there and i was sort of gazing out the window feeling a bit lost and thinking what am i going to do i've gone from zero at 30 venues to nothing and i'm sitting here and i can't keep drinking tequila um so i rang our ceo paul watterson an amazing man and and all four his people and and very very generous and i said to him paul we need to do something we need to scale this up what what are we going to do and he goes T, you're right you know what are we going to do so we we thought you know we would start to um do a bit of a meal program we started pretty small so it started and we were doing some a couple of lasagnas i love bringing my grandma's lasagna it brought me a lot of comfort so that's always a feature on the menu every lockdown when we come back <laughs> and the staff love it but we started doing a bit of lasagna here and there but then it, we sort of scaled up and we real what we realized was you know there was a massive gap in the government money um, and there was a lot of people that yeah. were left with nothing including our friends our friends of friends that we're in hospo, you know, and we, we don't think security guards, musicians, although, you know, suppliers, you know, our, our fish guys, all those sort of people that are connected really took an impact. The drivers that deliver your fish each week, you know, it it's, it stemmed a lot further than we sort of, you know, our own issues. So the more we thought about it, you know, they, they then started realising we we're doing this program and started saying, hey, T, I've got salmon, can I give you... You know salmon and and they were trying to move stock because obviously they got stuff in their freezers that need to move and everybody all our supplies were just so generous and they just wanted to help and as we started to get more food and i was like you know maybe we should go from three meals to four we ended up giving seven meals a week and it was really important for us for one at least one hot meal or cold meal one meal a week to then you don't have to think about it you know and just to take that pressure off financially oh we were trying to do all the comfort foods that you know bought us comfort. I think that nostalgia food really kicked back in. I've never seen so much lasagnas and stuff like that in my life. As you can tell, I've been tucking into them. But um, yeah. So we were yeah, just trying to really offer some support. You know, our people. No matter how many venues we have, and and you know, you can have the nicest venue out there, but your people are everything. Yeah. And looking after your people is the most important part. And we wanted to make sure that they were still connected with us when we came out of this. And we're still working on that now. I mean, this other lockdown, the hardest part of a five-day snap lockdown is the first two weeks and now we're in it for seven or eight weeks. So um, the biggest part for us now, you know, we're very lucky to be looked after financially from the government, Um, but, you know, it's more of a connecting our people and having that engagement at the moment and getting the staff to be able to come back in and get off the couch and move their legs and, and stimulate their mind. You know, we really want to make sure that we're looking after after them and that when we do open which we can't wait is coming very soon that we are all not only physically fit but you know mentally our heads in the game and we're ready for it because it's going to come and it's going to come really hard and fast so we need to be prepared so that's really important for us that we're connected with our people we're giving them project work to do we're getting them ready and you know letting them know that you know we're still here and we want them here with us to take on christmas and beyond
0: (laughs) (laughs) And mental health is a really big thing for you, yep. um, I saw in your bio. Um, and what, what does that mean in HOSPO? Because I know that often hospitality and chefs have had a, I don't want to say a bad rap, but they've had, you know, there's been um, things about mental health yeah, and drug yeah. problems and, and, you know, like, sure. and all the long hours. So what, what does it mean for you?
1: Look, I you know, I come from the old school. I'm 20 years in the industry and I, you know, came from, times and, and trained and started in the industry when it was fine to abuse your stuff and I wouldn't I'd be lying if I said I wasn't pretty firm and probably did things that weren't okay and wouldn't be okay now um and you know look I think i 've struggled myself personally with mental health issues, you know being put into roles that i wasn 't ready for, using substance to you know drink the pain away and and etc um, etc et and and had little i like to call them little menti bees along the way, little mental breakdowns and and you know using substance to sort of try to, to try to hide that or or you know suppress and self medicate so um, as i've got older i've i've realized you know working with my teams are young, you know they 're young and and you know really trying to nurture that you know their their mind and and look out for that i I only wish um, when I was younger that i 'd had somebody that had flagged that within myself, you know yeah, that yeah. I kind of had to chug through it alone and it can be a pretty dark and lonely path, so you know definitely not speaking. Um, in terms of anyone else, but you know, for myself, you know, it's a really important thing for me to do. To you know, I, I find a responsibility to, to make sure I'm shaping, moulding, and taking care of, you know, of of them while they're here, and making sure that we're checking in. And and you know, it's a big problem in this country, and and especially with COVID, it's 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 own, it seems to be its own little pandemic going on in the background that isn't spoken about um, enough. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, we don't. Um, But it's something that's very important to me and I've lost people, I've lost one of my chefs once and it tore me apart so it's definitely something um, that is at the forefront now of how I try to lead my teams and it's not just about food to me and, and, you know, trying to push the guys too hard to do great food, it's about, you know, the culture in the kitchens is of the utmost importance um, to me and my business and the rest will come with it. The rest, you know, the if your staff are happy, the food ends up good because they want to be there. If your staff are happy, they come to work because they want to be there. So you don't have the staffing issues and the the retention and the turnover, you know, all those sort of things. If the staff are happy, they cook good food, they bring customers, which means that the financials come in line. It's all those things. And when I learned to shift that focus, it would change a lot of things for me because a lot of the pressures were, you know, through me not focusing on the right areas, I think. Mm. Yep. And is it where Proud to Be a Chef comes in as well? Y- yeah, look, um, so Fonterra do the Proud to Be a Chef program. has been running for 25 years. Wow. I hope I got that right because I'm an ambassador. So <laughs> uh, um, Yeah, really great initiative uh, for young chefs. It's really great to get the exposure to other chefs and people. And I know that for myself, I did that. You know, I did Chef of the, Chef of the Year, Apprentice of the Year, Nestle, Golden Chef's Hat, a lot of those sort of competitions and what that did um, is it really exposes you to have access to mentoring and to, I met people and I was so lost when I was a young kid and like I have sort of said in a few other meetings that you know someone put me under their wing and I was you know a bit off the rails and he put me under his wing and I got a chance once in a lifetime. I ended up on the, you know, the Australian Culinary Team, and I ended up, you know, winning a heap of Apprentice of the Year and sort of Chef of the Year awards. And without him, sort of kicking my ass into line and identifying that I had talent, but I was a bit lost, which you know, you do tend to get when you're young. Um, you know, he really put me on the right track, and without him, I would never be where I am. So, I really, it's a focus for me to pay that forward. I feel like I've got. I just want to change one life if I can. that would be good.
0: And is that that what you do? Do you mentor? Are you given a chef to mentor? So they
1: basically put applications through, they do a dish, you know, they work with their chef in their venue and they put a dish in using Fonterra products, which they do some amazing dairy products. Um, And then we judge that and the finalists and you sort of do some interviewing and stuff and they put application of why they're passionate and, and stuff like that. And then you pick finalists and they come for a sort of a once-in-a-lifetime experience from Melbourne <laughs> um, and we give them mentoring we do heaps of masterclasses with them so we've got a, a really great um, team of, of chefs that I'm working alongside pastry and um, etc with a whole lot of different skill sets so we do take them out to dairy farms we're doing dinners we're putting them into experience in venues where we're yeah hopefully going to inspire them you know to become the next generation there's nothing more important um you know than the next generation of chefs you know it's really hard to find it's been an industry with you know that's had its bumpy times and people have sort of tended to go elsewhere but maybe because of hours and culture and all those sort of things but you know it's changing yeah, thank yeah. goodness it's changing and yeah. I hope that I can be part yeah. of that change yeah um and hopefully we can inspire the next generation to come in and, and be able to it'd be nice to be able to retire knowing it's in good hands oh. yeah. you're <laughs> too young you can't I know I'm, you. I'm, uh, I'm nearly 40 I'm nearly 40 I'm not that young yeah it's all the lasagna and keeps my my cheeks looking plush. <laughs>
0: yeah but um you come from a family of chefs is it i that do right? yeah so did yeah. you always know you're going to be a chef
1: well i wanted to do like graphic design and photography like i'm a bit of a creative not great at it but i still enjoy it um and my two of my uncles are chefs and my biological father he was a chef and they all were like, don't do it, don't do it, you know, um, as most chefs tell their kids, don't do it, or yeah. people. Um, so I did it, anyway, <laughs> as you do. Um, but, look, I wasn't in school, I wasn't an academic. I still can't read and write properly. I'm, I, um, but I'm, you know, there's other areas that I'm great at. And when, I, when you're growing up, you know, especially, you know, nearly 40, in schools they didn't always pick up things like that and sort of target learning. Um, where I'm really good with math and real like mental math and stuff, um, there's other things that I'm really good at, but I'm a visual learner. So if you give me a recipe to read, um, it takes me a few goes, I've got to rewrite it out to just I'm just learn different. And it wasn't always that you had to do it. right. Yeah, you know, right. back in the eighties you did it that way and that was it. Or you got put in the yeah. the level the, the level the low level class and you just got kind of left there to fit yeah. But, yeah, I, do, I just learn differently, you know, and I, I, if I don't understand something, I can look at a video. Now we've got, obviously, we've got Google and stuff, so I'll be like, I don't quite understand what that step means in the recipe. so I'll just watch a video. And then I'll be like, ah, get it. And then I'll write my own little, you know, so we just learn different, so, yeah. So how old were you when you um, launched your career? 99, <laughs> uh, the end of 99. Yeah, so nice. I started, I actually did in year 11 and 12, I went to, like, did... Worked in the kitchen on Fridays, Friday lunch service, oh, brutal way yeah. to start, but it was good. Like, I, I realized I liked it. I liked the fast pace. I liked the madness. I liked to go and, you know, have underage beers with the chefs after work. It was fun <laughs> back in the day. So, I, yeah, I, I really had a love for it. So, we were lucky to, you know, I did a lot of photography and art studies. I graduated year 12, but it was more so sort of the creative subject. So, oh. I. Yeah, did that, and then I actually was lucky enough to get a snagger role at the Hyatt um, in Perth. Yeah, which yeah in Perth, which back then hotel restaurants were, you know, were it. You know, mm. we were, and we still got some great ones today. But that was really the you wanted to get to, so that was great being able mm. to go there. So I did my whole apprenticeship there, and that was really good. I was really well supported through there, and then yeah, sort of moved around a little bit, and and anyway. you're in London as well. Did yeah yeah
0: um, yeah. Is it? You know, often, um, I mean, obviously, it's a great place to go and learn, but it, can, it sounds like it's... It was know, brutal. It was very brutal to the many chefs I, yeah. think I could do. It <laughs> was brutal. Like, coming from, you know, Perth
1: well, it was such yeah. a small... Oh, you straight straight to London. Yeah, and okay. like, I, like I said, I love the chaos, but um, I think as a female... yeah. I can't wait to one day that we're all just chefs. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? And we're all just chefs. It's not like, oh, this female chef or this. But just being female in a male-dominated industry and it was, you think, you know, I thought when I was younger that it was brutal in the kitchens, but that was, it was pretty cutthroat. It was pretty hot. Some of the behaviour was actually pretty disgusting Um, and the masculinity and the, the bullshit that comes with it, you know. But, and also what I was quite upset with is I kind of, And I still sort of There's a lot of regret there today As I kind of If you can't beat him Join him a little bit And I kind of sort of Bought into
0: it And kind of went along with it But part of it was Trying to protect myself Um, It's interesting you mentioned The whole aspect of You know You want to say Woman, chef, whatever And I remember um, When I spoke to Philippa Sibley, she said, "You know, at the end of the thing, I'm glad you didn't ask me what it's like being a female yeah, chef because I am female it. and I am a chef, and that's and that's, yeah. and that's a fair enough. That's a fair enough standpoint. Yeah. But I just I am always interested by it because a lot of people say, Oh, why don't you have many women and in your yeah. conversations?' Hard. It's because there aren't a lot of women. I mean, there are, yeah, and there aren't a lot of. I have
1: found when I was um, there was a lot when I started off." And there was... A, when I was, an, like, a sous chef and chef de cuisine in big establishments, my best chefs, the young apprentices, they were they were female. Yeah. A lot of them. Not saying all, because I'm not going to generalise, but then so many of them were so talented. And I think it gets too it, Back then, like, you know, 70-hour week, it was just getting too much. And then a lot of them entered into, you know, they found partners and wanted to have... It's very hard to have a kid doing those sort of hours. But sure. luckily it's getting better like we're not you know our guys who get rostered you know a very normal roster now yeah. we we there's a big focus for us you know the the days of 50 60 70 hour weeks they're gone yeah. they don't they don't exist it doesn't happen
0: I mean, the reason I, have said this before on conversations, but the reason I started a conversation with the chef is because one of my really um, close friends in Christchurch is um, a head chef, Nikki McCormick Dermott, and she had worked in London, I 25 years ago in, at Pearl, and she, you know, she was an incredible chef, and every conversation I had with her, I was just thinking, oh, people need to hear, this is so great. Um, but she said, she was a head chef in, in quite a few venues in Christchurch, and she said, um, when you're a woman and you walk into the kitchen, you have to earn respect, whereas a man already has it and mm. has to do some pretty drastic stuff to lose it. And I just thought, mm. that's really hard. And so that must also be not just that people are going off and having families and the hours are difficult. I think there must be that level of um, sitting a against a wall somehow Yeah, yeah. But hopefully that is getting better. It
1: is getting better. Look, we've got, we're getting a lot more females and, and to be honest, male, female, whatever you identify with. It's It's different now, and I'm, you know, I'm obviously from the LGBTQI family myself. So I'm all about like equality and and fairness, and I don't give a shit what you are. You are equal in my kitchens, and you are treated the same. And you know, I've seen it firsthand. I've been, done things I'm not proud of, and it's it's now time to to make those changes. And and you know, it's a big focus for me, especially. And our group, we're we're trying to do a lot of stuff in that space. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that's right, and it's probably important in an industry that has such a high profile now to be. I mean, to, to put too much pressure on hospitality, but you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> be models in that way. You have, think, yeah. you have to be. You have to be. You know. So so London, how do you? How did you just go from Perth to London and where did you like, Where did you work, was it? Um, well, I had um, a couple of
1: offers with like Soho House Group and, yeah, and right. the Gordon Ramsay team um, to do the sort of fine dining stuff. I, I really wanted to, it was tough because of wages. I've never been so broke <laughs> in my life yeah. living in London, never, ever. And, you know, coming from, I was doing a really, really great job at the convention centre and to um, I sold my house and everything and went over there and, and um, you know, I actually found, because I came from the event side of things, I've worked, found the, the, you know, the best catering company basically in London and they do like all these amazing pop-ups in, you know, Buckingham Palace, um, the Natural History Museum, V&A, St. Paul's, so they take over all the catering for there and it's just pumping its madness. So it would prep... Uh, the HQ, and then we we'll truck in And I was, you know, coming from convention centre when I was running massive functions for you know fifteen hundred people, and you know running massive teams. Even though I was only like twenty five or something, they sort of ran me through the ringer a little bit. And then we're like, all right, you can actually cook, and you can you can hold your own, because I'm not the most, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not, you know sit back and and take anything from anyone so I, I pretty much stand my ground in there i wasn't going to take shit uh and yeah just re- getting the ability to run these massive functions and i got the chance to see so much of london like and we were paid to travel from job to job and um yeah i was actually really well looked after um in the end it took a while and a few blood sweat and tears but um i was really well looked after and really lucky to get that that chance yeah. to do that yeah so
0: was it two years over there
1: or? yeah I did it a couple of years and I I just couldn't I was watching um you know the, the joys of social media really took off in those couple of years so it was like watching in the freezing dark go to work when it's dark coming home when it's dark and having a few you know weeks and or month or so of summer or having to travel to Europe to get the summer and just watching all my friends back in WA and Australia, doing all the festivals back then and, like, and beaches and Perth has the most beautiful beaches in the world and, and I was just like, I can't, I need to come back. Yeah. Um, and my grandparents, they sort of, they bought me, you know, bought me up for a lot of my life and I was very connected with them and they were getting older so I was like, I think it's time to sort of head back and, and I'm glad I did. I got some amazing experience back in Perth and, and, you know, here I am now. Yeah,
0: and so was it a natural... You know, is it a a natural leap for chefs
1: to come to Melbourne? Is that that kind of the thing to do? I've always loved Melbourne and its food scene, you know. And, look, Perth is leaps and bounds now Mm. as well. They've got some some of my favourite places are over there. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, Melbourne, I think it was something to want to sort of tick it off the list, but I fell in love. And even after the really tough 18 months, um, I still love it here. Yeah. um, And I still don't want to give up. Uh, I actually got the opportunity to transfer my um good friend and and boss at the time I was the executive chef in Perth and she was running the company and she decided to move on to another group um and I got I was lucky enough to get asked if I wanted the group executive chef role and I I couldn't I almost jumped on a plane that, that same day to mm. get over here so um yeah I wasn't going to turn down that opportunity and then out that group I did a few years and then we actually sold to my current group so sort of continual employment as such so
0: yeah yeah so are you um, seeing you overseeing like a million places and doing a million things? Yeah. Are you still
1: on the pans? At, in yeah, yeah. It, not as much as I'd like to be. Yeah. So I cook a lot at home. Um,
0: well, I was going to ask you that because I've seen that on Instagram.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do. I cook a lot at home. And the reason why is because I actually love cook. Like I love food. I love yeah. cooking. It's not a job for me. And because I do a lot of meetings and my life at the moment is Zoom, um, yeah which we're lucky to have that technology because it's hard to run businesses um, across the other side of the country and you need to do that face-to-face. It's still not the same, but it helps. Um, I actually cook a lot at home because it relaxes me and especially after like, people say, I can't believe you go home and cook and it's like, I actually wind down and it's my comfort, it's my safe space. So being in the kitchen and I could have had a, you know, a hard week or a hard day or just feeling a bit, you know, whatever. um, It actually is a really, it's almost like people go for a run or people play Xbox or whatever, that's my space and that's where I feel comfortable and that's what relaxes me.
0: And I imagine you've got such a repertoire now of like so many <laughs> hundreds of thousands of meals. How do you how do you decide what to cook? <laughs> oh, no. like, I can't decide. a <laughs> You've got this whole library in your head. <laughs> my,
1: my beautiful partner Bree and I have this thing and it gets quite frustrating. It's like what do you want? I don't know, what do you want? <laughs> do you want this? Nah, nah, nah. You know, um, so... Look, she's she's really um, getting into food now, so she, she cooks some great stuff. We love to smoke meats and do all that sort of stuff and and um, sometimes it's just simple. Sometimes I'm cooking to you know I get you know, have some produce I wanna try or something or try out something and sometimes it's just I feel like, you know, chicken and rice today. I just want Hanese chicken <laughs> and rice or something. Yeah. But um
0: yeah. And you're saying that you're inspired by um like your grandma's lasagna and mm. so on. And um, that's the only
1: thing she cooked. well, by the way. That and pavlova. Yeah,
0: my mum. Yeah. Similar, but yeah. Um, spaghetti bolognese, But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely pavlova. Um, and but you're not really a so you wouldn't be a cookbook reader. Where are you? Are you on like where are you getting your inspiration? I, I guess uh, Instagram. Yeah,
1: Instagram. I follow loads of chefs. Like there's so many amazing chefs out there and friends and colleagues that cook and and. The thing I love about Instagram is it's not I'm having a hard day and blah, 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 the ranting you get from other social networks. It's like, boom, this is my dish. Look at this salmon. Look at this. And you're just like, hell yes, that is awesome. So you you pick up inspiration and you've got all these amazing chefs doing so much stuff in the zero waste or, Mm. you know, native foraging this, that, and the other. And you're like, wow, I didn't know you could eat that. Or that is so cool. That's a great idea, fermenting you know, koji's all this sort of stuff. So, and I've got, yeah, some, like I said, some colleagues and, and friends and, and people that I look up to that I definitely would follow and, and watch what they're doing and around the world. and. Definitely, that's the biggest inspiration. I do believe it or not, even though I said I can't read, I have hundreds of cookbooks. I yeah. like the, to look at the pictures. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I have so
0: many as well, and I mean yeah. I actually hardly even. I do. I buy them because I think this is going to be this is going to be the one. The yeah. I'm like yeah, On the shelf, and I like having them as a as a comfort thing.
1: Like yeah, yeah. So I, do, I definitely flick through them and, and revert back to them at times and, and stuff like that. But
0: um, they're very inspiring. And what would your advice be to someone that would wants to become a chef?
1: This, now now do it like if, if you lo- like if when you love your job it's like never working a day in your life you know but just make sure that you're in the right space and always trying you know in the right place and you choose the right employer and you make sure that you're sort of self-checking with yourself am i learning am i in somewhere that's culturally good for me you know am i being able to move forward and don't get stagnant yeah. you know don't be afraid to move to learn Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so
0: much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Telina Menzies. If you want to experience all the greatness for yourself, which of course you do, you can follow Telina on Instagram at Telina underscore Menzies. That's T-E-L-I-N-A underscore M-E-N-Z-I-E-S and see what she's up to for yourself. As for me, I'm also on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef and if you want to read the chat, you can head to www.conversationwithashef.com I would really love it if you told a friend about my chats and of course you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or click follow on Spotify so I know you're there. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and see you next time.